Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. I'm Pastor Cameron. And this is the Uncut Podcast where we talk about uh, faith, life, and the Bible, ministry, uh, and have some uncut conversations surrounding that. Uh, this morning we're sitting down to have, um, I guess, a conversation that probably both of us feel somewhat passionate about, if I had to guess, but kind of this, um, the theme of consumerism in like faith or in Christianity is kind of at least the topic that we've said we would sit down to talk about. So Mm -hmm. I didn't, we didn't really set any parameters on that, but did you have any idea of where we wanted to start with that topic? I didn't. I was hoping that you had some idea where you wanted to start on that. Well, you know, uh, I can come up with one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like, you know, I mean, I guess maybe taking a little bit of like, what do we mean by consumerism inside of Christianity and faith? Like, cause you might be familiar with consumerism and you might just think, Oh, well that's like black Friday or, um, you know, the, the idea of just going out consuming consumerism belongs in commercials and, uh, the products you buy or the influencers who are influencing you to buy the latest TikTok trend. Like, um, but consumerism can have like a, can have a, it can bleed into the way that we live all of our life, including how we practice faith. How would you mm-hmm. kind of explain like what consumerism looks like inside of faith? Well, I mean, not too different than I, like I think if you if you want to back up into like what consumerism is, I don't think it ends up being a whole lot different in like a worldly context than it does in the context of the church. You know, like if you use the the example of Black Friday or shopping or something like that, I go to a store and I buy something right i give them something and i get something in return and that is the totality of the that is the totality of the relationship mm-hmm. right there's not a um i don't necessarily do it out of a sense of like passion for that company some sometimes we do sure, sometimes. you know <clears throat> passion for that company or um like ownership in the mission of that company yeah. or investment in it i'm i'm giving a and then i'm receiving b and if i don't i'll make a yelp review right and i'm walking away without the necessity of there being any further relationship mm-hmm. right? there's no connection beyond the transaction yeah um and maybe that's kind of like what I would say that consumerism is. There's no connection beyond the transaction. Right. A, 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 a emphasis on what we get out of the relationship. Right. For, well, for the best deal. Right. Or what we're owed because of what we give. Mm-hmm. You know, like we give the cashier money. We are owed the product. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And it's usually not very emotional no i mean sometimes it's just transactional yeah right there's a transaction without without any kind of connection Mm -hmm. um like you said that 
we talk, tend to talk about consumerism from the standpoint of like the how it might bleed over into the gray area of materialism mm-hmm. and the dangers of materialism, both from a psychological but also spiritual perspective. But there, like, there's an undercurrent in the Christian church of like how consumerism has begun to creep into a person's relationship with their church or with the community of faith Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And if you use the same kind of definition or understanding of consumerism and lay it over top of a person's relationship with church, there's a transaction without a connection. Uh, It begins to, it begins to be a lens through which you can see a lot of, um, maybe spiritual health mm-hmm. issues that both people and churches have because yes. this is not just an issue that individuals have against the church. Yeah. This is also a way that churches and their leadership can view their relationship with the congregation that they are responsible for. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I was going to say, like, one of the most blatant examples I've ever encountered of like consumerism in church. This was, this was a number of years ago and in the area, this is back in Ohio where I grew up. And um, this was back when like church mailers for like, mm-hmm. was like the big way. Drop shipping. Dro- yeah. Yeah. Drop <laughs> shipping, you know, a thousand mailers yes. on Easter week. Yep. Easter week. That was exactly it. Yeah. We got, we got like, I don't know. We got like five. There was one year we got like seven. Like it was ridiculous. I, yeah. Like I don't know if all these churches went to the same conference and some somebody talked them into like, you know, doing those. Um, anyways, I could talk about mailers, but we got this one particular mailer that to this day sticks out in my mind, which is one good marketing, mm-hmm. but two, it sticks out in my mind for a really bad reason. Um, hey. And- any publicity is good publicity. Is that what they say? <laughs> I guess. I mean, if maybe it guaranteed though, I would never ever go to that church. Um, they. It was a. I I can't exactly remember the phrase, but what they had on the front of it was like, um, "Do you feel like your church is missing something? Mm. Check out our church." Mm. Mm-hmm. It was something to the. It was Barf. Some, It was something uh-huh. to to the degree of that of like. Like, your church lacking? Is your church just not feeding you? Is your church, like, you know, whatever. Like, right. And come to our church this Easter and experience real presence of Christ and da-da-da-da-da, you know? Yeah. This utter commodifying of, like, at that point, you're not even trying to reach, like, what we call creasters, people who attend church mostly on Christmas and Easter. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to reach people who've like just maybe haven't been to church in a long time or are looking for a new church to go to. Like you're reaching people who are actively involved in a church and are dissatisfied with their current church experience. Right. Yeah. You're cutting the fence in between your pasture and someone else trying to get the sheep to come through. Flock stealing. Flock stealing. Yeah. 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 We can talk about an inside pastor term. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but that's definitely what that was. I was like, that's icky. Like mm-hmm. that is just a, like you were essentially saying like, 
what we are doing at our church is oriented to attract you and to get and to try and be a better experience, mm-hmm. better product, better deal yep. for you than whatever it is that you're currently like, you know, try it's like it's like the power companies trying to get you to change power companies or something like that, you know. Right. Or, right. Well, and that whole that whole attitude or thought process or whatever really birthed a whole movement of church leadership in the, I guess, late 90s or late eighties, early nineties. Yep. Um, kind of as, as the Jesus movement, mm-hmm. which started with the hippies, maybe you guys, I don't know. We talked about that. We talked about that a little bit. There was yeah. that movie Jesus revolution, which right. talks about the beginning of the Jesus uh, movement. Uh, but as the Jesus movement, which kind of started with the hippies and along with that counterculture movement, formalized and kind of took some of the principles and made them into like rules of engagement, it kind of formalized into this seeker sensitive uh, like movement, is yeah. what it was kind of called, at least in part. Like that church growth part. movement, church growth, you know. Yeah, yeah seeker sensitive, mm-hmm. you know, kind of pioneered by, and I'm not saying anything pejorative about their ministries, pioneered by churches like Saddleback out in yeah. California and Willow Creek in Chicago, right. um, where there was a an extraordinary amount of effort and focus towards making the church experience as attractive mm-hmm. as possible. To both a believing and unbelieving world. Now, at the surface, right. no one would say, even us here at Conduit, I'm not trying to make the experience unattractive. Right. I'm well, not trying to repel people. Yeah. Right. But also not orienting the things that we do towards making sure we at Conduit are for instance like more attractive more glitz more glam more polish more x y or z than the church up the hill or the church down the road or the church across town because um as long as we put on a better face then people will want to be here more than they're there and that might be true Mm -hmm. they might want to be here more than they're there but i don't want people here because it's a um it's more spit and polish yeah well like i think it's easy and and i you know we've talked a little bit about church growth and stuff and i I, you know we have a lot to say and think about all of that but like it's easy to look backwards and see now where we are in 2023 and say, oh, look at all the excesses and the weaknesses of some of the extremes of church, of seeker sensitive and church growth movement and be a little bit like, mm-hmm. right. But like, again, if you were there, right. Like you were dealing with, you know, churches just genuinely saying like, how can we reach people? Yeah. Like, like how can we, you know, like, how can we how can we engage a culture and people group that the church isn't currently engaging? How can we be all things to all people? Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, as far as it is up to me and all of that. You know, now we see some of the excesses of it. But I also want to just even say that like um 
you, there can be consumerism outside of um, sort of, you know, the, the church we've been talking about so far kind of fits the like, I'm going to go, go super generic here. I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with haze machines and lights, but the haze machines, the lights, mm-hmm. the, the really like the TED Talk formed like yeah. pastor, like all of, like. It's not a sanctuary. It's a <clears throat> worship center. It has yeah, no center, windows. It's an auditorium. <laughs> right. Right. Like they. Oh, the the internet video that went around last was that Christmas or Easter where they had the the guy with the suspended from the ceiling and uh-huh. the drummer uh-huh. and were like oh, I think it was a Christmas production that this church was putting on like you know suspended wire trapeze artist drummer person dressed like Jesus dressed like Jesus <laughs> I don't think he <laughs> I don't think he was but it would have wouldn't have, wouldn't put it past it would have fit um, it would have mm-hmm. fit. You know, so we can kind of talk about that. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's obviously consumerism. Well, I don't go to a church like that. So I've yeah. escaped consumerism. And I'm like, ah, like there is definitely a brand of consumerism, arguably kind of just a less appealing brand or more indie brand. When you go to a church that's like, oh, we we preach directly from the Bible, verse by verse. Yeah. And like, you know, we only listen to these type of pastors or we're um, this, like, um, if anyone's listening who is like super reformed, like I'm saying this as somebody who was very, very reformed at a point, like very much in the young, restless and reformed movement. Uh, There is definitely a brand inside of the reformed movement. Um, Probably like, more than any other movement. <clears throat> yeah, because mm. it's like, well, do you read? It, there's certain authors you have to read. Piper, Piper, Carther, Carther, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then you've got to. Well, do you read Baxter? Like, you know, you got to yeah. go to like, uh-huh. you know, back to the Puritans if you're really, you know, yeah, like inside of that young, restless, and reformed space. I don't know what that space is transformed into now. If it's just reformed in general or what, but. Um, but inside of some of those more conservative, less flashy, you know, obstinately, like we sing modern hymns, you know, only, right? That still can be a brand of of its own, kind of its own bit of like virtue, like. Well, yeah, because it, on the like consumerism is not, consumerism in the church is not, um, funneled into one particular like brand of right. church or thought process or whatever. It's a, it remains, it still remains the same, whether you're reformed or whether you're Catholic or whether you're Presbyterian or whether you're Methodist or non-denominational or whatever is that um, what is my, what is my primary relationship with the church that I attend Mm -hmm. and what is my expectation and what are the expectations of me Mm -hmm. in relationship to that church? Yep. So in when we said at the beginning that this can go both ways, that churches can have a very consumeristic attitude when it comes to their congregants and that congregants can have a very consumeristic attitude when it comes to their church leadership is to say, that a leadership on the church, pastors, leadership teams, elders, you know, whatever whatever form of leadership is over your church, 
can ask very little of the of their congregants mm-hmm. in terms of like personal sacrifice and um serving mm-hmm. and um like involvement in mission and ministry and be a very be a very like top heavy um leadership and like the execution of ministry um where you know leave it to the professionals leave it to the professionals type of attitude yeah and then um and what it does is it creates a it, it creates a place or a community that it becomes very easy to um have to give up nothing mm-hmm. to be there and I think one of the primary messages of Jesus to the disciples is you will have to give up everything to follow me, even your very life. Like I will get, I'm going to be giving up my life. Those who follow me will also have to give up theirs, give up their life so that they may gain their life essentially. Yeah. You know, um, and when we fail as leaders, and I have failed at this, when we have failed as leaders to rightly and truthfully communicate that reality, then we create a place where it's easy to just come on a Sunday, have an experience, mm-hmm. grab a cup of coffee, shake a few hands, yeah. sit in an air-conditioned room, sing a few songs, listening to something that either inspires us or convicts us or challenges us or whatever, and then leave without, without being, without being, um, I guess I would say without being, I don't want to say forced, but without being forced to count the cost Mm -hmm. of what, participation in the community of Jesus actually requires of us. Or like, like another way of saying it is not hearing the call of Christ to pick up the cross. Mm. Like, you know, as I'm kind of like, I'm reminded of, I had a theology professor who I think one of probably one of his favorite lectures that he probably still is giving to this day. Um, is he loved this lecture where he would pull out all these old, he'd pull out different tracts, gospel tracts, um, you know, little pamphlets and um, handouts that people will either hand to people or um, <clears throat> or sometimes just place places for people to find them that explain the gospel. And he, he loves to pull those out and then kind of... Uh, show the theology or the practical theology mm-hmm. that some of them encapsulate. And one of his big things is like, we've commodified the gospel by separating it from Christ himself. Mm. So he was all about like, you know, receiving the gift of salvation, right? Which is not a, not necessarily a bad terminology in itself, but when salvation he was just like we talk about salvation as if it's something that is a thing 
that we get from Jesus mm-hmm. without getting Jesus himself. Mm. And so he's making all this argument because like the Bible, and I think he's right in this, the Bible and Paul in particular, as much as they talk about salvation, they talk about being united to Christ more, right? And so being in Christ, united to Christ, partaking in Christ um, is is the you know, a primary theological way of understanding salvation. And Christ is like, and partaking in Christ is more than just, you know, getting something. It's, you know, having a relationship. It's being called, being transformed, having a uh, life that we now live as a result of it, rather than just, uh, oh, I got my fire insurance card. Mm-hmm. Um I'm I'm a Christian. I've got my certified Christian card. I've got whatever. Because um, salvation isn't just getting a thing that like benefits us in some way. It's receiving Christ, and Christ is going to do something in your life, mm-hmm. and that's different. And I think sometimes the way that we've oversimplified the gospel is sometimes mm-hmm. maybe led to that. Yeah. Or I'd be interested in what you think about think about this do you feel like a like i like a over use or an over emphasis on felt need preaching hmm. has impacted or reinforced this idea of um like consumerism inside of the church i think it certainly can um even I think even when pastors and preachers have the best intentions mm-hmm. of their preaching, I think that there's a there's a natural desire to want to preach towards what you know people in your congregation are experiencing and how maybe the scripture or life in Christ addresses that or speaks to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably there is. Over, there's overcorrections in terms of like the volume of that type of preaching mm-hmm. um, that are unhealthy. Um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, um, you know, the idea of felt need mm-hmm. is can have like both pejorative con- yes. connotations and also. And- and, and also in positive right. ones, and I'm not I'm yeah. not setting up the question to yeah, try no, and I, knock down because like right. I, I could make my own argument for the inclusion of felt need preaching, right? But yes, yeah. Um, so I do I do think that there there can be a overcorrection towards what do which is what I think you're asking or saying is what what is going to be the thing that people want to hear from the pulpit. Yeah. You know the topics, the um, the uh, yeah, the topics. Basically, it's usually topical preaching that, yeah, that does it. You know the topics, the you know what well, people want to hear messages hear on parenting, parenting and marriage, marriage and finances, finances. and you know, uh, like, like getting the most out of your job or something like right. that. Like that would be like a. You know, that would be like a really key example of like, how do you find satisfaction in the five key areas of your life? Join us for this five week series. Right, right. And it's like 
Christian hacking five different areas of your you yeah know, yeah of your life. And is it that the Word of God doesn't address those things? No, it. I mean, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. But if you, if I were to take all of the passages of Scripture or the volume or intensity on which Jesus taught on forgiveness versus what he taught on marriage, mm-hmm. then we would say, okay, if we preach in proportion to the witness of Scripture, then, you know, you we're going to be teaching a lot on forgiveness and yeah. sacrifice right. and and not a whole lot on the relationship maybe between husband and wife or the relationship between parents and their kids or how to, you know, balance a budget. Yeah. Um, Well, and the funny thing, the funny thing is, and I I don't want to, again, like I, there's certainly someone who could do like a, you know, a sermon series like that, like, you know, finding satisfaction in these five key areas of your life, family, finances, you know, um, work da 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 um and you could do that but if you preach that and the answer isn't somewhat come and die for each and every single one of those mm-hmm. uh the preachers misled you <laughs> yeah um because right. like, you want you want to find satisfaction in your family you need to die to your family like, yeah you want to find satisfaction in your finances die to your finances want to find satisfaction in your work you need to find a way to die and become like christ in your work that's that's not a very like can you imagine sending out the Easter flyer <laughs> that says come learn how to die <laughs> at conduit ministries I mean actually that would be a flyer I would advocate for because I think that would work um, it might uh-huh. <laughs> yeah um, but that's the thing about all that I think that's the potential danger of felt need preaching is like, I'm going to find a, a, a need that you feel like, oh, like, yeah, I really wish I could just get some clear answers and some help to deal with this situation or this area in my life. Um, and if we're honest, like, there's so many things and tips and things that we can kind of like, um, you know, we can talk about. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, it, it still becomes like, die to self, live to Christ. And that's not a very like feel good message. Mm-hmm. Um, it would much you would much be rather it would be ha- you would be more happy to come to a church and say, "Well, you just like what you don't know is that God is about to like just break through in your life in this situation, totally fix it supernaturally, totally like just boom, mm-hmm. and like uh, that breakthrough's coming." You know, I, like I can kind of. I can hear it in my head, mm-hmm. um, but inside of that, there's no call to be like Christ. Right. And I'm speaking to a room full of people. I don't know that that's true for mm-hmm. everyone, right? Some people are called through experiences that feel like they're Job for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, like I don't have. I think that leaves leaves people out who just sort of don't experience immediate breakthrough in whatever situation or problem they're facing mm-hmm. left out to dry a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Anyways, apparently I have opinions on that. Um, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we both do. Um, we, we definitely both do. And, 
Um, again, it's it seems like a tricky balance between do I want people to want to come here mm-hmm. and make it a attractive place and a welcoming place and a place of hospitality and warmth? Well, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, right? You know, um, and it doesn't mean that we won't ever preach on topics or we do we like yeah we do you know mm-hmm. we'll we'll do those things but like I, the at least our our goal is to be as biblically honest as possible anytime we do that and to, right well and yeah to call people to yeah to be biblically honest to call people to the things that the bible calls mm-hmm. people to which is come and die <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, come and die so that you may find life. Yeah. Well, well, you've heard it here, folks. That's all we've got to say. Just come yeah. and die. Come like, and die. Um, so that you may find life for yes. us to live as Christ and to die as gain. Right. My weaknesses right. make his glory more visible. Right. Like message of the Christian life. But that's not, that doesn't fit into a very, it's a, you know, I think what we're pointing out is the irony is that when we take very literally the words of Christ and we were to put them on a banner uh, and wave, have like a, we had like a sign thrower, like one of those sign flippers. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And it just said, come and die here. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, One of the big, one of the big, like um, <laughs> the big wobbly, the big wobbly men outside. I don't know what you even call them. Like come and die. <laughs> but that's like, that's, and so that's when like, that's when marketing the church and some of that stuff just becomes absolutely laughable is because like, well, you can't do that for just any verse. I think I've probably made fun of them here, but like, you know, and not all of these are bad. Like, but there is just that, like, you know, Bible verses that you couldn't put on a mug. <laughs> we should do that. We should make a company out of company? that. Let's 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 create an Etsy store about Bible verses that don't belong on T-shirts and mugs. Uh, let us know in the comments if you'd buy that. Uh- <laughs> that would be. We're doing it. Uh, so let it be written. <laughs> so many verses. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh goodness, that. And that is a um, that is bringing up a rabbit trail. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, guys. Um, the Bible is not like if you it's take not, the time to read it from cover to cover. There is some stuff in there. It's not sterile. It's not sterile. It is like um, oh the like there's some children's Bibles, not like Bibles written for children, but like. Bibles that are maybe an easier translation, but still the full text of the Bible always kind of make me a little bit like laugh a little bit inside Mm -hmm. because like they have like a funny, goofy picture on the outside, but they still have the full text of Song of Songs inside of them. Yeah. Which is. Or like Old Testament, like dashing babies upon the rocks. Yeah. That Psalm, (laughs) that Psalm's still in that Bible. There's just a cute, like, lion on the front of the cover. Very colorful. It's very colorful. Oh yeah, we could talk about like uh, like the different uh, marketing of Bibles. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) that's a boy Bible because it's got K 
camo on camo. it. Camo, yeah. It's a girl Bible because it's got a cabbage patch doll in the front of it or right. something stupid like that. Like, yeah, well, you didn't change anything else other than the cover. So. Talk about consumerism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Felt needs. <laughs> so, by the way, we're not like... You know, if you have a Bible that means a lot to you and it's got camel on it, like that's fine. Um, yeah. You know, but you mm-hmm. know, buy, buy a Bible you like. Right. Yeah. So you have anything else to say on the issue <laughs> or I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess I, I don't know what, what is, is there, do we need to clarify any more of the, of the anecdote? I mean, we've kind of, you know, typified that the Bible does call us to come and die. Is there anything else that we need to say or nuance to that. Like, I mean, I don't know what I would say other than like our lives are not our own. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, that's a little bit what about what I said this past Sunday, mm-hmm. like that there's a, there is a like significant trend to find my purpose. Yeah. Do we have a purpose? Yeah, we we do we do have a purpose, but it's not our purpose for our lives. It's God's purpose for mm-hmm. our lives. Like our lives are not our own. We do not, you know, we do not belong to ourselves. We do not. We're not. We are not the. Um, we are not the captain of our own ship. We are not the. Ma- we are not the master of our own souls. And you don't want to be. Like as much as you think. Yeah. You want your life to orient around you and your needs and, like, you want to have complete control over your life. Like, to be 100% honest, that's pretty miserable at the end of the day. Well, I mean, like, I – when we talk about – when we talk about, um, you, you know, what what is the classic definition of sin? I mean, there's the falling short. Yeah, there's like most people use the Greek definition, amartia, which yeah. means to miss the mark. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that to me, while I don't disagree with it, obviously, yeah. it feels almost um, like it has too many nuances in like ethics and morality. Yes. Like it just wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. I actually prefer the Latin word for sin in the... Um, in the Vulgate, mm-hmm. it's incurvitus say. Sin is incurvitus say, which means to be turned in on oneself. Mm-hmm. So to be focused inwardly on me. Yeah. Um, and uh, to say like you don't like the thing is is that people want to be focused on themselves. My life, my plan, my goals, my opinions, my mm-hmm. preferences, mm-hmm. my thoughts. My relationships, my desires, my, 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 and our, we were not created for us. Yeah. We were created to bring glory to our creator, um, to, to be a reflection of his majesty mm-hmm. and his power and his honor and his glory and there's a you know like an extraordinarily prideful response from the world that why would i want to serve a god who is so narcissistic that he would just want me to bring him glory right and my reaction or response to that type of attitude is you're right it is narcissistic 
if he's not worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, if if he is not worthy mm-hmm. of the glory, then the desire for the glory is narciss is a narcissistic yeah. response. If he is worthy of it, and he is, mm-hmm. then it's there's no narcissism at all. It reorients our position mm-hmm. in the proverbial eternal hierarchy yep. as not being worthy of our own glory. Mm-hmm. We are not worthy of our own supreme focus on ourselves. Only God is worthy of the supreme focus. And so to be yeah, turned in on ourselves is the very definition of sin where we say no to the pursuit of bringing glory to God and yes to the pursuit of bringing glory to ourselves. Yeah. Well, uh, that makes me think of the quote by Augustine, our hearts are restless mm. until they find rest, Our rest in, in him. Thee. Yeah. And and what I always like what it like thinking about what that restlessness is um like leads me to a place of like thinking about um you know if you've ever hyped something up or you know you you know, I don't know. Maybe you bought like a really, really expensive ticket to a mm. really, you know, great, you know, really con- a concert that you anticipated being really, really good, and you built it up, and then you get there and you have a terrible experience, and you're like, "Oh, that was so not worth it." Mm-hmm. Like that was like I, or like, you know, this happens to people when they like, you know, go to the movie theater because like, you know, they oh, I bought a paid an extra paid a ticket on top of all the subscriptions for streaming I have. Um, and then I maybe got some popcorn and I went out I went and saw this movie in the movie theater. I've been so excited for this next movie and whatever franchise it is you're watching. And then you're like, Oh, that was dumb. That was mm. bad. And then you get real mad because mm-hmm. it didn't meet the expectations or the demands that you were putting on of it. It wasn't worthy. Another way to put like religious language on that is to say it wasn't worthy of the worship you were giving it. Yeah. And the thing is, is when we, like you said, turn in on ourselves, what we end up finding is that we are not worthy of our own worship. Exactly. Yep. And and that leaves us dissatisfied. Anything, whether that is family, your kids, your wife, uh, your job, your career, your like status, your success, your longevity, your health, any number of things that you could worship, that you could put all of your energy, time, meaning, value, significance, and identity into, you go and pursue those things. Ultimately, at the end of the road, you will find that it's all meaningless. Read um, Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all meaningless. Mm-hmm. All things have their time under the sun, but it's all the same, yeah. and it's all meaningless. And you find that it's not worth your life spent out for those things. But when we turn to Christ, when we turn to God, we find rest in him. Mm-hmm. We finally find that, like, oh, we have found a place, found a person, we found God who is actually worth all of the things that I could spend out on him, and I won't be left dissatisfied mm-hmm. at the end of it. Mm-hmm. That's how I yeah. talk about it. Period. At the end of the sentence. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, the heart of consumerism may be self-worship. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
Anything else? No, that's it. I that's think, it. Yeah, that's, that's it. We better end it right yeah, now. We better end it right now. We better now. end it right now. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening or watching again. As always, please um, feel free to send us in questions, comments, anything like that. Our text line is 716-201-0507, where you can text in your questions or your comments or whatever. They go to Luke's phone, so I don't care what you send. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's not actually Luke's that's phone number. That's not actually my phone number. I just yeah. get emails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can text that. Uh, and as always, please um, comment wherever you're listening to this. YouTube, um, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Um, like it. Share it. Um, rate it. Review it. Whatever you can do uh, to help get some more exposure. Send it to a friend. Um okay. I've used a couple of the, uh, in fact, in the last couple of weeks, as we've been preparing to do baptisms here this coming Sunday, mm-hmm. I've, um, the people that I'm meeting with about baptism, I've sent them all the, um, episode that we did on, I think it's water and the spirit. Yeah. Just say, Hey, let's listen to this before we get together to talk. It's kind of a primer to our conversation. So do that if you have if there's a topic you feel like you um be beneficial to people in your life so don't use a don't use them as big hammers to hit people over the head with but uh, anyway thanks for listening and catch you on the next one